So again, we're looking at uh, the faith of Abraham. We've uh, been looking. This is a, this is the fifth in a series of messages we're looking at today. And Abraham, no doubt, one of the major characters in the Old Testament. And his uh, life is mainly known as a life of faith. Hebrews 11, 8 tells us Abraham followed the Lord by faith. In the last four messages we've brought in this series, we have seen the development of his faith. Since the calling by God of Abraham, and in that calling, uh, that promise that he's going to make him a great nation. And we've seen some ups and downs in his life along the way. And we'll see some more ups and downs as we continue in this series. Abraham had a lot of victories in his life. And a lot of defeats in his life. I think we can all relate to that. That in itself is a lesson to us. There's going to be problems in life. We're going to be defeated. And we're going to have some victories. So today, I guess if I was going to title this message, it would be faith that fails to wait. We're going to see in this chapter that Abraham failed to wait on God. Abraham had spent some time in Egypt. Egypt is a type of the world in the Bible. And all the things he brought back from Egypt would later cause him a lot of problems. And again, I, I've, I've seen people I've seen believers they get away from the Lord they go back into the world and later they maybe get right with God sometimes they don't but they bring the things they got in the world into their life and it causes problems. 
It causes them problems themselves. It causes problems in the family. I've seen it, maybe you've seen it as well. So we're introduced in this chapter to a lady named Hagar. She was a handmaid they got when they were down in Egypt. And this whole chapter centers around this lady. And the problems it caused in the family of Abraham and Sarah. And from this chapter onward, all the problems it caused in the Middle East. That's still going on today. So we're gonna we're gonna see uh, some things in Abraham's uh, life in chapter 16. Concerning not waiting on God. And instead, trusting in his own devices. So first of all, we're going to see. What he should have done was wait upon the Lord. Chapter 16, verse 1. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, bare him no children. Now let's just stop right there. God promised Abraham. Chapter 12. Now this is more than 10 years have passed. He's now 86. He was 75 in chapter 12. When God promised him a seed. And his seed would multiply as the stars of heaven. That's the promise God promised Abraham. More than 10 years of time had passed. He'd been waiting on the Lord. Waiting, waiting, patiently. Just think yourself. You get married. The natural thing is, you know, you're going to have children. Ten years passes. No children. That's a problem. It happens from time to time. That's what's going on in their life. Waiting on God. They've been waiting for over 10 years. Now we stopped in the middle of verse 1. Then it goes on. And she had a handmaid. An Egyptian. Whose name was Hagar. So they're waiting on God. Over 10 years had passed. Waiting on God, waiting on God, waiting on God. But you know, God's timetable 
is God's and God's alone. God knew what he was doing. But Abraham, particularly Sarah, was kind of maybe questioning God's plan. They've been waiting now for a long time. Like us. They didn't like waiting. So they tried to use a different tactic, a different plan. But the question is, why would God make them wait so long? Why would God make us wait sometimes on things that we think we we need or should have? But sometimes we have to wait on good things. Because God's timetable is not our timetable. Hebrews tells us why God made them wait. <laughs> Hebrews 11:12 says this. Therefore sprang there even of one. And him as good as death. So many as the stars of the sky in multitude. And as the sandwiches by the seashore innumerable. See, God made them wait until Abraham and Sarah was as good as dead as far as having children is concerned. Because God wanted to make sure they understood this child was going to be a miracle child. Isaac's birth is going to be a miracle only God could do. That's why God made them wait. Abraham, like us, we need to learn to walk by faith. The Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight in 2 Corinthians. And walking by faith includes willingness to wait on the Lord. Walking by faith is being concerned only with the glory of God. Walking by faith means acting upon the authority of God's word. In other words, knowing God's word and living by God's word. Abraham knew what God said. I'm going to give you a son. So he waited. And he waited. And he waited. And he went to Egypt. Where he wasn't supposed to go in the first place. It was a test. He failed it bad. So while he was there, he picked up this, this slave girl, this Hagar. Now we're introduced to her in this chapter. So 
waiting, walking by faith is acting upon the authority of God's word. Not taking things in our own hand, helping God out. Walking by faith will result in joy and peace in our life. And we're going to see in this chapter that they had everything but joy and peace in their life. So first of all, waiting on God. Number two, scheming. Scheming around God. In verses 2 through 4, Sarah had a plan. She had a scheme. How to get a child. Verse 2. And Sarah I said to Abraham, Behold now, the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. Now listen what she did. She blamed her problem on God. It's God's fault. That's what she said. Sound familiar? That's what Adam and Eve said way back in the beginning. The Lord restrained me. Now here's your plan. I pray thee. Go into my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. Now, listen to what it says. Children, plural, more than one, children. And Abram hearkened unto the voice of Sarah. And Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar and made the Egyptian. After Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, and gave her to her husband Abram to be his wife. And he went into Hagar. And she conceived. Now listen to this. And when she saw she had conceived, when Sarah saw that she was pregnant, her mistress despised her in her eyes. So when Sarah saw Hagar was going to have a child, she despised her. There was no joy that a child was coming. You know, usually when your wife comes to you and tells you, oh, honey, I'm pregnant. That's a time to rejoice. We have three girls, and every all three times my wife 
became pregnant, we were happy. She was not happy. She despised Hagar. Well, here, this is her scheme. Sarah had a plan. She was incapable of having a child. Over 10 years of time had passed. And they were married boy, before they, and they were called. But they, so many years had passed and they had no child. So she knew she was unable to become pregnant. But maybe Abraham could have a child with another woman. So she began to second guess God. She said this. After, after all. She said to Abraham. God said Abraham was going to have a child. He didn't specifically say, I'm going to be the mother of that child. Because God told Abraham, you're going to have a son. But he did not say who's going to bear that son. Now later on we know that God said, you're going to have a son by, by Sarah. But up until now, God had not specifically said the son's going to come through your wife, Sarah. It was culturally accepted in their culture. That if a wife could not bear a child, then the husband could go have another wife. That was acceptable in the culture Abraham was living in. It's kind of acceptable in Zambia. I think it's kind of looked down upon in many cases, but sometimes people think, well, you know, I can't give my husband a, a child, so let him take another woman and have a child by her. So it's kind of accepted here. But let me say this. That's not God's plan. Never has been. Never will be. The Bible says you're to leave father, mother, clean your wife, and you shall be one flesh. God's design for marriage always has been one woman, one wife for life. The people take God's plan and they twist around and they make something other plan. So by her making this scheme, this plan, her goal was not to bring honor and glory to God. Her goal was to have a child. And she said, if I can't have one, then we can have one through Hagar. And those children will be my children. That's what she said. She said, children, plural. But if you read from here on, 
Ishmael was never considered to be Sarah's son. She never thought about him being her son. And when she did become pregnant with Isaac, she told Abraham, kick this woman out. And they did. Because God said, that's my plan. So even though she schemed and schemed and schemed to make this sound good, it wasn't good. Rather than believing God, she blamed God. He's restrained me from becoming pregnant. So that was her scheme, her plan. But then we say Abraham's consent. Abraham could have and should have told his wife no. He's the head of the home. He could have said this is a bad plan. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to believe what God said. That's not what he did. He consented. He is not without blame in their departure in walking in faith. It may have been Sarah's plan, but he gave it viability. He gave it authority. He agreed to the plan. This is not the first time in scripture or in life that a husband chose to listen to his wife rather than listen to God. Remember Joe? God's wife told Joe. Just curse God and die. And Joe, did you, did you, you, you sound like some of these foolish women. Job didn't give in to his wife what she commanded. Abraham did. Not the first time, won't be the last time. He didn't listen to God, he listened to his wife. The problem wasn't so much that she gave Hagar to be his mistress or what wife what do you want to call it <laughs> because after all it was it was okay in their culture polygamy was fine you can have more than one wife it's not looked down upon culturally but man's ways are not God's ways no matter how legitimate men make this 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 thing look to be okay it's not okay as a result, when you read the scripture, 
God never referred to Hagar as Abraham's wife. Never. He never, he only refers to as Sarah's maid. Or Sarah's bondwoman, Sarah's slave. God never looked at Abraham and Hagar as husband and wife. They were simply unwilling to wait upon the Lord. I mentioned the title. Faith that fails to wait often ends up in more problems. They both acted to please themselves rather than pleasing God. They did not obey God's word. And the result of that was no peace, no joy in their hearts, and no peace and joy in their home. All it that did was cause problem and problem and problem. The third thing that happened. So he took Hagar. He agreed to Sarah's scheme. The result is fighting with each other. Verse 4. And he went into Hagar, she conceived. And when she saw she conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. And Sarah said to Abram, My wrong be upon thee. She says, not my fault, your fault. She blamed her husband for what she did. Sound familiar? <laughs> but we fight something we do all the time. If, you're, if you've been married more than a week, you're going to have some fights from time to time. And when you get into fight with your wife or your husband, it comes down to blaming the other person. Because I'm not wrong. It's got to be you. That's what we do. That's what Sarah, that's your fault. I've given my maid unto thy bosom. She didn't like that. His bosom was for her and her only, not for some other woman. So I've given her into your bosom. And when she saw that she had conceived, she was despised in her eyes. The Lord judged between me and thee. And Abram said to Sarah, 
Behold, thy maid is in thy hand. Do unto her as it pleases thee. And when Sarah dealt hardly with her, she fled from her face. But you can see right here, Abraham didn't consider Hagar to be his wife. He considered her still to be Sarah's maid. He said, she's your maid, do with, what, do with her what you want. So she went to Hagar and had a big fight with her. And because of that, Hagar fled. She ran away. So instead of bringing joy to the family like a baby should, all the cause was fighting between the husband and the wife, between the wife and the help. It just caused problems. The natural result of following the wisdom of the world instead of following God's wisdom the natural outcome is problems. James said it like this. He says from where comes wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even in your lust of war in your own members? Jesus, so, where worst problems come cover? It comes from within yourself. You hear this term all the time. Just follow your heart. That's the worst advice you can ever give. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperate and wicked. Who can know it? Don't follow your heart. Follow God's word. Of all fights that people have with other people, family fights are the most painful. And the most difficult to get over and settle. You've seen it, I've seen it. The family gets into a big fight. And they don't talk to one another for 10 or 15 or 20 years. Father kicks children out of the home and disowns them. Brother and sister get into fight and they quit talking. It happens. That's what happened here. Big family fight. It didn't take long until Pharaoh's plan produced fruit. Hagar was with John. Hagar became pregnant and Sarah became bitter. She was upset. Failure to deal with problems 
properly always leads to more problems. See what Sarah and Abraham should have done in verse 1 where it says Sarah Abraham's wife bear him no children if they would have built an altar and worshipped God maybe they wouldn't have been in this mess but nowhere in this chapter you see there's no altar anywhere nowhere did they seek God's face they made their own plan that's what happens what usually happens when we walk by faith or walk by in the flesh instead of walking by faith is these types of things all three in this story Abraham, Sarah and Hagar they all dealt with this problem in their own way Sarah's solution was blame her husband and mistreat her maid. Abraham's solution was give in to his wife. After all, whatever makes you happy, honey, I'll do it. You, you've probably heard uh, the saying if the wife ain't happy ain't nobody happy if the mom ain't happy in the home there's no peace in the home that's generally a good, pretty good judge of any home so Abraham's solution was whatever you want I'll do it Hagar's solution was I'm going to run away she probably wanted to go back to Egypt because later on when she is kicked out of home she heads back to Egypt that's where she was going the only answer for all three of them was to turn to God. But they didn't. Well, they kind of did. So from chapter, verse 7 through the end of the chapter, we do see them submitting to God. We see a Hagar. She leaves. God sees her by a fountain. He said, Where are you going? Where'd you come from? Where are you going? God said, Return back to your mistress. Go back to go back home. Submit thyselves under her hands. That was God's uh, answer for Hagar's problem. 
Submit to proper authority. So Hagar went back. She found her place under Sarah in the home and stayed there for 14 years. Until Ishmael was 14 and Isaac was born. He even told her, Your son is not, not the promised seed, but he is the seed of Abraham. He's going to be a great nation. He's going to, there are going to be princes come out of him. He's going to be the father of the Arab nations, which he is and was. And Sarah, she submitted to God. Now, it does not tell us in this story. But I'm sure that when Hagar returned, she told her what happened in the wilderness where God spoke to her. And God told her, go back to Sarah and submit to Sarah. No doubt she told her, her, uh, her mistress that, Sarah that. And Sarah no longer mistreated Hagar from here And Abraham. He finally submitted to God. Verse 15 and 16. And Hagar bare Abram a son. And Abram called his son's name which Hagar bare Ishmael. And Abram was fourscore and six, 86 years old. He had played a passive role in all of this. He simply submitted to his wife and paid, he was, it wasn't his plan. So in all this drama, he was kind of passive in all of it. But he too had to submit to God's plan. It says he called his son's name Ishmael. Where does where, where does where does name come from? It came from God. God told Hagar when she ran away. You're going to have a son, call him Ishmael. Call him Ishmael. No doubt you told Abraham this story. So he was born, Abraham called him Ishmael. Because that's what God told him to call him. So Abraham submitted to God as well. So you know, they all finally came to the conclusion God's plan is best. But trusting in their own wisdom instead of trusting in God and waiting, waiting on God's plan did not work out too well for Abraham and Sarah and even Hagar. They failed to wait on the Lord. They schemed 
to get around God's plan. Because of this scheme, there was infighting in the family. Until they finally submitted to God. Very familiar pattern even in our life. Sometimes we get away from God. Instead of waiting on God's plan, doing God's plan, we go back to the world, do things our way. Things don't work out too well. We finally realize God's plan is best. And we come back and submit to God. But all this baggage we got in the world, we drag it with us. Hagar was there. Ishmael was there. For 14 years, finally Sarah became pregnant and God told Abraham to kick out this bondwoman, kick out Ishmael, which he did. This whole time it was all, all his baggage was there. Reminding them of the scheme they tried to do instead of following God's plan. So Abraham and Sarah had to learn to live with their mistakes in life. True of all of us. We have to live with the choices we make. When we get sidetracked in our faith, there's always going to be consequences. We can get right with God. I believe Abraham and Sarah did. But there was consequences. There was this baby Ishmael. Caused them problems. Always did in their life. And that's a very good lesson for us. Failing to wait. Faith that fails to wait on God. Let's stand today. We're going to sing a song. Projector here, but it's